This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Tanya Harris on the line. Tanya, how are you? Good. How are you? And thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, likewise, good to have you on the show. Uh, you know, we've we connected a while ago, and uh, we've had um, some interesting scheduling um, things <laughs> that have popped up. Won't go into details, but uh, involves you know pools, it involves airports, it involves um, <laughs> you know in my situation, you know, a death of an aunt, and all kinds of other fun stuff. So uh, I'm thankful that we uh, that we persisted, and we, no, we're going to chat, and we'll just figure out when and. Uh, when happened today. So good to have you on the show. Now, what we're going to talk about today is a variety of topics, uh, but they're all somewhat connected. And I'll, I'll kind of give the framework of, of things and then we can dive in where where we start. You know, we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about toxins in our home. And we're going to talk about just, you know, life with challenges in, in, in your your triumph and being able to um, survive cancer. So wherever you want to start off with uh, is, is fine. But I think you know, as I'm thinking about it, it's like, we'll, we'll start off uh, briefly with, with the cancer story because whenever I talk with people um, that have been able to you know, survive that horrible, horrible disease and, and come out of it. And it, it, it's, I mean, that's, that's a, triumph in itself. And then of course, you know, the other things we're going to talk about, you know, add on to it, but curious to, you know, how, you know, how you navigated through that uh, because you're young and, you know, that's, that's one of those things where a lot of times your people have cancer and they're, they're older. You're, you're definitely not older. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, actually I had it super young. I, it was two weeks before my seventh birthday. So pretty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That <laughs> is, that is really young. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I remember I was complaining of a little bit of back and arm pain, and one day I went to go pick up my cat, and I collapsed, and my parents were like, oh, it's time to call the doctor, because the pain had only been going on a couple days, so what six, almost seven-year-old is going to complain about back pain? They thought it was kind of a fluke, so, um, but a couple days later, they're like, yep, we're taking you in, and um, yes, yeah, so I was diagnosed. They ran some tests. I was diagnosed uh, two weeks before my seventh birthday, and then went through chemo from first to fourth grades, I believe. And I think I was considered cured after 10 years. So it was a decent chunk of my childhood. And then, um, yeah, but I'd say by junior high, I was doing normal kid things. So the one thing I think was really good was that um, my parents kept me pretty normal. So the second I could go into activities and I wanted to, I did. And um, School was a little bit tougher because I missed a lot of school, but I had a teacher come to my house and help me through, so I didn't get held back. Um, so overall, I would think I say keeping it pretty normal and then getting into those activities when I was a little bit older really helped with everything too, and kept me normal and kept me from really thinking about it too much. And I see that a lot with with people that have overcome you know challenges in life, whether you know, medical or. Uh, you know, mental challenges or just life challenges that you know come up is when you strive and, and do your best to be able to continue living and doing the things that you can do uh, when you're ready, whether it's um, like you said, you know, the, the kid activities as a child and, and having a, a teacher come in to keep you 
is, is close to possible, you know, the, you know, the education where you are at, at the you know, certain age of, of your life. I, I think that makes a huge difference in, in healing and, you know, having your focus on, you know, just, okay, I'm going to continue to move on living my life. I'm going to improve and grow as, as time goes on. And I think that plays a big part in encouraging your body to do the things it needs to do to, to heal itself. I've, I'm a firm believer that our bodies have the power to heal everything that we throw at it. Now, sometimes in life, we throw some pretty significant things at it, and, and it takes longer for our bodies to, to heal, and, and sometimes we may need a, you know, some additional changes uh, to make that healing process happen a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, I commend you and uh, for... Uh, especially at that age, you know, cause you're, you're, you're so young and you're like, well, okay, well, what's this all about? But, you know, and, and, you know, congrats to your parents for, you know, being able to withstand that because as, as a parent myself, you know, the thought of that is, you know, obviously very, very alarming. Uh, it, it'd be one of those cases where I said, I'd rather have it than, you know, one of my kids uh, type mm-hmm. of deal, because I know, you know, techniques and things that I would do to help get through it. But, um, as a seven-year-old and, and to have to deal with it for almost a decade. Uh, that, that says a lot about uh, your fortitude for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people say, Oh, you were so brave. You were so strong, but I think at that age, what choice do you have? <laughs> so um, to me, it's just really interesting. And I've always wondered too, I think it's just, I didn't know what was going on at all. I mean, I knew I had cancer. I knew it was, you know, painful tests and all that, but just being able to let go, I think, and not concentrate it and not know exactly what was going on, I think really just played a big role in that because I had no other choice but to be brave or strong. I mean, the, some of the painful tests nurses had to hold me down. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I don't know how brave that is because <laughs> I had to get held down. Um, but I don't know. I don't even know exactly how to put this, but I just really think that again, the normalcy and just not knowing what's going on, it's kind of that ignorance is bliss type thing that when you're not concentrating on so much, you're, you are freeing your body up to do that healing it needs to do rather than dwelling on it. Yeah. There, there are many times in life, not just with, you know, dealing with illnesses or other things. Um, I wish I was more oblivious to things because then I could just let my body, my body do the thing instead of my, my own brain. My brain, my brain gets in the way of uh, too many things. That's for sure. Oh, so, yeah. so fast, so fast forward a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know, we we talked about in the pre-show too about um, toxins in the home, and we, you know, there we've seen studies, we've seen evidence uh, that indicates that you know there are certain you know toxins that we get exposed to that can definitely contribute to cancerous cells being formed in your body. So what, what led you to you know, study up on, on that and, and take the initiative and to you know, really educate people on you know, what they should be doing in their homes to make their homes healthier for, for everybody involved? Sure. Well, uh, I've always been a little careful about what I've eaten. That's what I was told to do. Uh, eat lots of fruits and vegetables. And so I was just always careful about that and just I always thought I was using safer products, Um, but it wasn't really until my son was in second grade that the teacher had called me and said, we want to test him for some type of ADHD or something, attention issues. And I don't know what it was inside of me, but 
maybe it was just because of my past with cancer, I thought, well, maybe there's something contributing to his symptoms. So I asked for a little bit more time and I went home and this was in like 2006. So internet research wasn't quite as easy back then. Um, but I got on the internet and I started, I just researched and researched and found all these things out. And I took a couple things out of the diet just to start with. And they were artificial colors and like sodium benzoate, any type of benzoate preservatives just to start. And after a couple weeks, I think there was one more thing I took out, but I'm not sure. Um, I think three weeks later, I went back to the school for the follow-up meeting and they said, we don't want to test him now because we had lessened the symptoms enough through the removal of those ingredients. And, you know, I'm definitely not saying we cured him because we still see the symptoms quite often, but it was at least enough where the, it wasn't interfering with his schoolwork as much. So then I became hooked on that natural approach because the more I did, the more I, the more results I saw. And then in my research, I started seeing that it's not just what we eat, it's what we put on our bodies and even what we inhale or what's around us. And I was floored and I was buying all these quote, natural products at the time. And I'd come home, do some research and realize like, this isn't natural or safe at all. There's hidden toxins in here. Um, there's, some, there's a couple ingredients in here that aren't so good, even though it says, you know, safe, natural, whatever. Um, so I started making a system for myself so I knew where to go shopping and what to buy and what ingredients to avoid. And then um, I realized like, okay, I really want to do this because I love it. I geek out on these labels and I want to make it doable for other parents. So I ended up going back to school and also I opened an online store in 2008 um, where I just carefully vetted products and sold them basically out of my house. So I ran like an e-commerce store um, with products that were truly safer and, and or organic. Um, so I could be the safe place for people to go to. And I closed that when I got a job opportunity in the natural health field during my master's degree in holistic nutrition, which was amazing. Um, so I don't do the e-commerce anymore, but now I do everything online. But I really just want to help parents understand how easy it can be and how much control they have because there's so much scary information out there that um, it's actually just the small steps we take every day that can have a big impact on our family's health. And you know, just to give our kids the best start they can because kids don't detoxify chemicals as well as we do. Um, so the chemicals have more time in their body to do damage. Um, so I really like to help parents with this so that it can protect their kids also, whether or not they have a problem now, maybe there's something down the road we could be preventing. But again, I just like to make it really simple because there's so much info out there. And, um, you know, I, I have dressed my kids up in T-Rex costumes, those big T-Rex things because they crack me up. Um, and throw those some in my videos too, just to make it a little more fun because the info is a little bit, you know, downer <laughs> stuff. But well, anytime you can introduce T Rexes <laughs> into the situation, I, it gets everyone's attention. That's for sure. I agree. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing with this too, you know, and, and we, we alluded to this a little bit in the, in the pre-show conversation is the you know the toxins that are in our lives, and they're they're more prevalent now than they were you know, when you and I were kids mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's amazing to, to see when you actually look at the ingredients of anything we use or consume, you know, cause a lot of times we think, okay, in the foods that we're eating, but you know, there's also, you know, a ton of toxins in, you know, the chemicals that we use to clean our house. You know, we're, we're out there trying to, you know, make sure that, 
you know, our, our kitchen countertops and our walls and bathrooms and all these things are clean uh, to help prevent, you know, germs and, and everything else. But, you know, when you take a look at those ingredients, you're going, okay, I'm breathing and touching this stuff. And over time, it can build up and can create problems. Just like you said, the you know, little steps at a time for eating properly will pay off big dividends in the future uh, on your health and, and mental awareness and things like that. And, you know, the example you said, Ian, you know, and looking at, you know, the ingredients and, and, and changing the, uh, the food intake uh, for your child, you know, it made such a dramatic difference that they're saying, well, you know what, I mean, we don't need to send them for these tests. And as a kid, you know, those, those tests aren't a lot of fun. Uh, and if you don't have to do it because you made an adjustment on uh, what type of uh, foods they were eating, uh, that says a lot. And, you know, we, we look at, you know, the rise in, you know, mental health cases and, and situations in the schools and all of that. And, you know, even in the social services sector, you know, where there's a significant rise in, in stress and mental health challenges and burnout. I know for a fact that a component of, of the stress and the burnout is often uh, partly anyway, uh, based on what we're ingesting in our bodies on a daily basis. If you're, if you're eating the number three with a Coke as your main source of nutrition, that's going to take a toll on you. Um, if you're eating foods, what I like to say in the middle of the grocery store and not the perimeter, you are going to be, you know, eating things, um, that quite frankly, aren't really suited for you. Uh, in, in the long term. So if, if anybody takes anything away from the food side of this conversation is you stick to the perimeter of the grocery store, uh, you'll, you'll do a lot better, except maybe, you know, the packaged meats and things like that. Th those have uh, uh, more sodium than you need to have in a week, much less uh, a meal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So, and I alluded to it a little bit, you know, the mental health side of things and, you know, with the ADHD uh, your child had and, and some other things, you know, you're, you're, you're newly discovering, you know, some things and you're starting to, you know, to talk about this, to bring awareness to, to the public about some of these things. So I would love to hear, um, you know, your thoughts on, on, on the mental health uh, challenges that, you know, society's facing from your point of view and, you know, and, you know, you're, personal experiences that you feel comfortable sharing and, and just, you know, what, what awareness are you trying to bring up? Sure. Um, yeah. Like, like you said, I'm very new to this. I never thought I would ever speak on mental health. Um, I didn't realize I had a little bit of anxiety problems until I moved last year and it really kicked in. Um, and I did a Facebook video um, on my business page and I got so many, it was probably my most commented on, which I'm like, Hey, I'm not even talking about toxins, <laughs> but I was talking about mental health and um, how it really triggered my anxiety and why I had disappeared for a little bit. And these comments were a lot of me too. And I've gone through the same thing. And I mean, and then people were commenting on each other's posts and I'm like, wow, it just really floored me that like, if we could all just share a little bit more of that, the support we could get. And not everybody needs to do it on a Facebook page. I just did it because I felt bad because I had neglected it for a little while. Um, but in the meantime, I had found a couple trusted people that I had told. And same thing. They said, we've been going through something similar. Um, 
So I really feel that if we do feel like we need help, if we can find a trusted person or family member, I think we'd be surprised at what comes back. And one of the other things I've seen is, I guess really <laughs> the catalyst for this and me talking about it is what my daughter has been going through. And um, it, in third grade, she was diagnosed with learning disabilities. And she had a really rough time that year. Her teacher was terrible to her. The principal was awful to her. Um, and, you know, as you go through school, you get stigmatized. And that can lead to bullying and all sorts of problems. So um, this last year, we've been through a lot. And um, I didn't realize that I had missed some of the signs of my daughter's depression. And she hasn't been diagnosed, but I know, you know, um, she has gone to see someone, no formal diagnosis of that, but these kids who have learning disabilities or feel different, the percentage of them that have a mental health component accompanying that, whether it's anxiety or depression is really high. I think, I can't remember the exact percentage, it's almost half. So then there's another coexisting condition on top of the learning disability or whatever neurodiversity they may have or any type of difference. And then you add that mental health layer on top is, you know, it's, it's a lot for them to handle. And um, I've been working with Trisha Brooke and I did my first talk on it at her Speakers Who Dare back in March. And what we worked on was I had cancer when I was a child and I got so much love and all these gifts and all this attention but my daughter's got learning disabilities and she gets stigmatized and negative comments and bullied. But really what's the difference in what we had because cancer is just a mutation in DNA, whereas a mental health issue is a chemical imbalance in the brain typically, or a learning difference is just a difference in wiring in the brain. But they're all things that happen in the body that can't be helped, but why is someone who has cancer or a child who has cancer gets all that love and attention but the child who's being bullied or has um, learning disabilities or any type of difference, it's seen much differently. And even in adults, we don't think of someone with anxiety and depression, it's a little more stigmatized than anything else. So what we're trying to do is just kind of break down those walls and change that conversation around these things because we're all going through something and it's just surprising me. Like I said, I've never talked about this before. I never thought I knew anyone who had problems before, but I realized like all of us are facing something. So if we could all just kind of understand what each other are going through or understand like uh, something like a mental health issue is the same thing as like breaking a bone or having cancer. It's just something that happens in the body that can't be helped, but we can treat it. So why withhold medication from it or stigmatize it? Yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with you on this. You know, my youngest child uh, has special needs, learning disability, um, and and as a parent, you know, especially in certain education systems and school districts and whatnot, uh, it can be an uphill battle. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I recall um, one particular meeting uh, with the school where the the school district. Um, didn't want to continue with support, even though they still had the funding to do it. They felt that um, that my child no longer needed it. And um, while I didn't go to the full-on 
um, Jesus flipping the table type of situation, I came pretty close um, because I was beyond livid with, uh, with them, um, how they went about it, the decisions that they made at a panel discussion without involving the parents and the teacher, quite frankly, um, they didn't even involve the teacher. The teacher was uh, almost as mad as me. Uh, and thankfully, you know, cooler heads prevailed and they continued with it, uh, which uh, was helpful. And then we ended up you know, moving um, a year later and, and got into an area up in Toronto, actually, uh, where the resources were are a lot more robust. And I say that tongue in cheek because there's still more demand than supply when it comes to this. Uh, but one of the things you, you alluded to, and this is something, you know, like, you know, the cancer analogy and how kids are treating someone with cancer versus someone with mental health challenges. Um, yeah. I mean, we've seen that and it's a, it's a societal issue that needs to be addressed and it, it goes much deeper than, you know, bullying and picking on kids. Um, there's bullying going on in society today and it's called media coverage and you know i'm not going to pick on networks but uh fox and cnn and everybody else are equally guilty i don't care what side of the political spectrum you you call home um it is um it is downright ugly and and being in in canada um of course u.s citizen and as i like to joke i can vote and screw up two countries not just one but that's where i stop because i don't i don't know what side of anybody's political fences or opinions uh, everybody has good points and everybody has points that others disagree but at the end of the day what needs to happen as a society across the board is we all need to seek to understand uh, the situation that people are in quit, mm-hmm. quit being so judgmental quit picking on people um, to cause harm okay and I think playing practical jokes on people and things like that if if again you have to be careful because some people are more sensitive to stuff like that than others but I, we have crossed so many lines in in the last you know few decades as far as how people are being treated and we see it all the time and that's why again it's another ingredient for for stress and for burnout and for Uh, depression and all these other things is because people don't feel safe when, when you're a child and you've got some mental health challenges or learning disabilities, going to school can be a very traumatic experience and that's not what it should be. It should be a, a nurturing place to allow for growth and, and for caring and for love and, and, and we as a society need to get back to that. Uh, and I don't know how we do it, but we need to. I agree completely. And um, one of the things I've always told my daughter is I started researching this stuff. And what I found was so many brilliant people. And she's amazing, too. We've always called her our little engineer girl, even when she was little and we didn't know what was going on. Um, but she can figure anything out. And it's just amazing to watch. She's very bright. But, um, you know, it's just different in school. She just doesn't learn the same but then there's people like Steve Jobs and Walt Disney and Aaron Brockovich. And because people with learning disabilities were actually learning differences, um, is that they can see things that the normal person can't see. So I tell her, I'm like, the school years are going to be rough. Um, but I just am so excited to see what she does after. 
because I think these people are the ones that change the world actually. And um, actually we pulled her out of school now and we're homeschooling, which is a whole nother topic. But um, we've put her in things too, because a lot of these people who have um, kind of these issues are very creative, but don't necessarily have an outlet. So what I wanted to do was pull her out of school and put her in a ton of activities to help her decide what she loves to do and then build her back up. But she's really found that creative outlets for her are a great way to do it. And, um, you know, I've just seen her start to flourish now that she's doing things that she loves. And so many people in that theater community um, and performers kind of have the same viewpoint on this too. So she's also found kind of like her, her group, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think we do have to be a little bit more understanding of everyone and what everyone's going through. Cause I love that quote. I don't know exactly what it is right now, but you know, just be nice to people because you don't know if they're going through something at that moment or if they're going through something period, you just never know. So if we could all just be a little less judgmental and helpful, even asking people how they are or, you know, just reaching out to them. Cause I know when I had my anxiety issue when we moved I couldn't even contact anyone I just kind of like hold up in my new house <laughs> because I think that's really what kicked it off just being in a different environment and um you know it was just so hard but I did have some people reach out and that just meant a lot and really helped me get through my time so yeah just being a little less judgmental and a little more understanding and building up resistance or resilience I should say in ourselves and in our kids because we can't change how people view us or how people treat us, but we can change how we feel about ourselves and understanding what we have and the strengths that come along with it that can help us get us through these tough times when things aren't going so great. Yeah, here, here. No, I agree. And it's, it's a great form of self-care. Yeah, there are going to be people, unfortunately, that are going to treat us in a way that we don't want to be treated, but how we react to it in, 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 in developing you know, the resilience and, and the understanding of, okay, that person, you know, someone's rude to me. You know, I, I mm -hmm. often think, okay, they've got something going on in their life where they, that it's just an outlet. So they're bringing additional baggage to this equation. Um, and it's not just, um, you know, something that I did or, you know, something that I may have posted or something like that. I know that they, they have other things going on and I understand that and I'm empathetic to that. Doesn't mean their behavior was right. Right. Um, but it's also a case of where I am getting better. You know, they still sting from time to time, but I'm mm -hmm. getting better and not allowing them to hurt me the way that they would have before. Now, as a 50 year old adult, okay, yeah, it's a little bit easier. When you're a child, um, not so much. And it's a thing that, you know, takes time to learn. And, and as far as the homeschooling, I, I think based on how the education system seems to be, and again, with all due respect to educators, I've got family and friends that are in the education world. Um, this is not a slam against them at all, but the way education is taught is teach them in, a, in basically the same thing for everybody, you know, nothing customized based on the learning capabilities of individuals. One of my favorite cartoons is a teacher sitting at a desk and there's all these different animals, giraffes, bears, tigers, and all of that stuff. And the exercise that they had to do is, okay, you got to climb that tree. Okay. The monkey's up in the tree. It's like, yeah, look at me. I'm an A student. I'm, I'm going to graduate with honors. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a full ride at Stanford. Great. Awesome. Giraffe 
who is equally intelligent in a variety of different ways, not going to be able to climb that tree. And it's education needs to evolve into what, you know, the learning style of, of students, as well as what society needs um, as far as new jobs, the workforce and everything else, because that, that evolution is, is continuing. And, you know, the industrial age is, is uh, almost gone. Um, but, and I think in the next 50 years, it will, it'll pretty much be done other than a few things here and there. So it, it, there's a lot of things going on with it. And yeah, I, I commend you for, uh, for homeschooling because that's not easy. Uh, no. <laughs> doing it. And, but it, again, it's thankfully with, with the internet, there's, you know, plenty of materials out there to be able to do it. Uh, to give uh, your child, you know, the education that they need to be able to to make a contribution in society and discover, you know, what they're good at in life, and you know, they can make a vocation out of it. Yep, I agree. I think there's so many exciting things now with the internet and you know, doing what you love and finding. I just think there's so many different opportunities for everyone right now that you're right. Yeah, it could be much easier. I agree. So, Tanya, I've enjoyed our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and the amazing work you're doing? Oh, sure. Um, they can find me at slightlygreener.com. And then I have a new website coming up, too, called The Happy Child Project. And um, that's launching soon because we just, my daughter and I are just featured in a documentary by Trisha Brooke called You're Gorgeous, I Love Your Shirt, an inside look at the crisis of bullying and mental health. Um, so people can find more on that at thehappychildproject.com too and see the trailer there. Awesome. And I'll have all that information in the show notes. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for being persistent and, and hopefully your neighbor's pool will get in and, um, you'll get your pool in uh, soon as well while, while we still have decent weather. Although I forget what part of the country you're in. So you may, you be unlike Toronto, you may actually have a longer uh, swimming oh, no. cycle <laughs> than, than, than we do. So. Chicago, so no. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived in Chicago area for six years. Yeah, I, I, I remember those winters. It, you know, the the best way to describe, especially when you're walking downtown, is imagine the wind actually going through your bones. You know, you, you can actually feel the bone marrow empty from your bones, and the wind is just going up and down. You know, your your, your tibula and everything else. That's what it feels like there, um, and it's it, it's, it. it's 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 brutal. So, uh, but. But the summers are amazing. I, I know that for sure. So awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.